We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. And welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. It's episode 113 of the pod, joined by Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso. Uh, back at it. A little, little was that, like 10, 10 12 day hiatus. I wouldn't call it two weeks, but I Not think quite. we've been we've been out of the game for a minute here. Um, you know, you know baseball summer, season, summer vacations, the work schedule is a little bit different for me. The vacations yeah. are different for both of us. They happen, people. And like I've said every day, I say this all the time when we kind of miss an episode here and there. If you guys want to start flipping the bills, we'll happily find a time to squeeze in one episode a week. But until that point, you know, there might be a 10-day stretch here without an episode. You're just going to have to live with it. I think, I think financials aside, Matt, it just boils down to the fact that we're both fantastic men of leisure. We like, we we like love, the final things relaxing. in life. Not we like we don't love 36 holes a day. We like, um, we like the 36 occasional... Holes a day again, yeah. The occasional bagpiper coming down eighteen. We like these things. We need to make yeah. time in our lives for these things. So now, uh, we, you know, we, we make was, plenty of time for each other throughout the year. Every once in a while, we need to get away and you know do some things. Yeah. And that's what we did here. I mean, if you listen to sports talk radio regularly, these guys take weeks on end. Where you got you know in the summer when when not much is going on other than baseball, they always got fill in hosts. We don't have fill in hosts. We just didn't have an episode. That happens. Our relationship's fine. Uh, we just want you guys fine. to know. We're not all of our listeners know that we're, fine. we're doing okay. We're great. <laughs> we're great. We're, we're never been happier. Isn't that right? That might be an industry there, like kind of the whiplash back on there being so many podcasts now. Podcast specific therapists for like mm. duos, podcast yeah. partners. Yeah, might be you know, might honestly, be some money in that. Before last Bears season, I think we were honestly headed to that point. And if we didn't have you know <laughs> some, some positive steps and Mitch playing well, I think we would have kept being divided. And I think we would have might have might have you know. They're headed down that road, but thankfully the Bears saved us. He just he just thinks Kyler Murray's a viable option at quarterback, and I it's, don't know how to get through to him. I just want to give him a chance. <laughs> oh, oh, well, we, Matt, we have, have fun here. See, people were laughing we very organically. We do. <laughs> you have problems, uh, but let's dive into some uh, topics here, Matt. Bears are in camp. Uh, football season is underway tonight. There will not be. It will not, not be a, a Sunday without football or a uh, a day without football, a week without football, excuse well, yeah, me. We'll uh, have some days still here and there, Joe. Uh, until February. We'll have weeks. We'll have at least one game every week until February. So we it's got a Hall wild. of Fame game tonight. Uh, w- uh, will you be tuning in, I guess, is the... Is the um, uh, it will at some point be on a TV in front of me while I sit down from, from whistle to whistle? Absolutely not. But if there's football... As you TV, say this, I'm turning on... Season, I'm going to watch. I'm turning them. on my TV. I'm turn, as you say this, I'm throwing on background because it's got to be coming on here in an hour. I know this is great podcasting, us talking about the it relation of sporting events to time. Kicks off at 5 p.m. your time, 7 p.m. mine. Very nice. So, I'm uh, in the central point, time zone for all, all you people listening. If you didn't know. Point being, we are uh, inching ever closer to competitive football, which is did, the best time of the sporting season, Matthew. Did you, did you read about our good friend Vic Fangio? Um, he, he spent refresh day. Most of the day in the hospital. Today? So try, today. Oh, no, I did not read that. He spent most of the day trying to pass a kidney stone. Last I saw about an hour ago, Vic did not pass said kidney stone, but he's going to give it a go trying oh. to coach here. 
So we're on we're on Stone Watch right we're on, now. We're on for Vic the, the Denver fans are on Stone Watch. He's not our pro, yeah. not a, he's not ours anymore. I was going to say problem, some guys are just problem. some guys are just coordinators, man. That, that's some a guys are just coordinators. <laughs> it's a, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens tonight if he coaches with the kidney stone and gets a win. Oh, that preseason. Be, that's story storylines here in the preseason. There's, there will be a lot of phone calls into Chicago Sports Talk Radio about how we let the wrong guy get away. If well, happens. speaking of speaking of Chicago Sports Talk Radio, that is. Uh, other than the friends and family, one of the things I do miss about home. Okay. Uh, I'm sure we're in the hy- hyper analysis of preseason movements, steps, Everything. reps, uh, guys not playing. What's uh, what is dominating that talk right now? You know, it's everybody is on, and it it seems like the it's the same vibe that you even probably get. You know, they're coming from Bears camp. It's everybody is incredibly high on this team, and it's it's. Not something I've felt since – I don't want to – I'm not going to compare it, this team to that team, but I guess the, the feeling we had the, the, the first year at Tressman when the Bears mm-hmm. had Cutler and you know Marshall was here and Jeffrey was kind of having that breakout year and the, they, they signed Jared Allen, I think it was, in the offseason. People were getting all excited. It's that hype times about two. I don't know if you remember yeah, because that year. everybody was all in. It, this it, team it, it is far and beyond more talented than th- that. Team exactly. Was. That team was very talented, but that team you always knew was like, you know, that team was a team that had about a two year window before things. You had five guys with big names at the wrong yes. time. You yeah, know, and, Julius and, Peppers was over the hill. You're bringing in Jared is, Allen. Like This is a team that seems like the exact opposite. You have several yeah, names. That the, these are Chicago, guys right outside in the of primes Chicago, and before not it. Quite, a lot of people outside of Chicago are not quite getting their due on this team. And I think uh, you look at a guy like Allen Robinson, I, I don't think mm-hmm. that's the respect outside of, uh, outside of Chicago that he probably deserves. And, uh, Anthony Miller, I think, has a chance to emerge into one of the young, you know, top slot receivers in the game this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a very good offensive line. Kyle Long is probably going to be coming back healthy. Uh, James Daniels and Cody, uh, Cody Whitehair were swapped positions this year, but both are young and had breakout years last year. Daniels in his rookie year. There's a lot of people outside of this city that aren't getting their recognition. I think it's the exact opposite of what we felt, that these guys are ready to prove themselves even more so than they did last year. Not not just the, the Khalil Max and the Eddie Jacksons who are getting the national recognition, but there's a lot of and, guys below them that are ready to kind of emerge and take their steps too. And I know we don't – we still, as Bears fans, all you can see is the highlights that were, that were given, but how good can David Montgomery be is a, a really exciting question to ask too because it looks like – He's the perfect fit for for what they're trying to do offensively. Yeah, it, it's wild because I was I literally just thinking about this today. I don't know why it popped into my head, but you know when the Bears traded Jordan Howard, we were all a bit like, well, they didn't get anything back for him. Yeah, they might miss him a little bit. I haven't heard that name or that problem quote you know in quotes air quotes problem be brought up once since this team really since this team drafted Dave Montgomery and this team got an OTAs, yeah. got in a rookie minicamp, got in a minicamp training camp. That has been brought up once. Uh, yeah. So that what that tells me is not only is you know Tariq Cohen doing what I think everybody expected him to do at camp, but it, it tells me that David Montgomery is starting to emerge in the way that uh, it Tariq also Cohen tells you talked about him. Uh, it's he's really exciting. I think it yeah, also that, tells you it also tells you where the noise from that problem was coming from as well. Yes, I think it was coming a little bit more from the Jordan Howard front than uh, yeah. we probably expected, or his agent doing what he was probably instructed to do, but. Uh, I think that's a really good point. I think it's probably coming a little bit more from that front than the team was actually really all that worried about, you know, getting rid of them. Uh, exciting times, as always, uh, to be Bears fans right now, as always, I say in jest. I, I will uh, say one more thing to add here about, about uh-huh. our, our special guy, Mitchell. 
um, you'd expect, you know, his teammates and his coaches to be saying, you know, oh, you know, he looks good. He's taking the next step, which all of them have. They've all given him glowing reviews. You know, his leadership has grasped the offense. Everybody's saying great things about him. But mm-hmm. the media themselves, is they'd be up front with you. They'd be honest if he wasn't looking good, if he was looking a little bit iffy in practice. I really haven't read many negative things from any of the beat writers about Trubisky so far. And a lot of the things you say are, he's made a great throw here. He's made a great read read there. It, he seems to be leaps and bounds ahead of where he was, which he should be in year two of an offense compared to year one of a complicated offense, but seems to be leaps and bounds and being given access to a lot more of the playbook this year than he was last year, which is what we were expecting. But again, it's kind of being confirmed at least at camp that he, he seems to be taking those steps, which is, and, you know, and if he is, a good sign. if he is as talented of a quarterback in the long run that we hope he is, then that's totally a product of his maturation, which mm-hmm. might be, I don't know, I don't want to say slower or a year behind most pro guys because the lack of experience at the prior level. If he's picking up it as quickly as he is and getting back to speed, then his talent's going to shine amongst these other guys. It's not going to be like, I'm trying to drink water through a fire hose here and learn an offense. I'm, hmm. I'm, I have a grasp of this thing and now I can execute. And yeah, it wasn't even just at the college level too. We had that lack of experience because obviously he only started, what was it, 13 games in college? Uh, yeah. Something like that. So he you know, really just kind of came in there. But even here, he came into an offense where, you know, John Fox and Dow Loggins were his mentors. So that's not really great, obviously, for a young offensive quarterback. They didn't really trust him. And his, you know, his offense completely changed the next year. So he didn't really, he, he was thrown into a yet another inexperienced situation yeah. his first year. And then his second year, he kind of had to hit and the I hear, button again. I hear and back in high school. Mentor, but, yeah. I hear back in high school, he didn't even play football. He was in the glee club. So really no, he, put himself behind the he eight had ball. To, he had to walk to high school <laughs> 15 miles uphill both ways. Um, we are, we are hoping for the best and a massive jump forward in uh, the, the career of Mitch Trubisky this season, because I'm again of the feeling that this defense is going to create havoc. It's going to give them a lot of short fields. It's going to take the ball away. And uh, that always makes things easy. Sometimes you don't have to be great. You just got to be good. And I think Mitch can be good this year for us. Excited to see what Chuck Pagano dials up with this defense. He he actually talked, I think for one of the first times, it might, might've been the first time since they broke camp or Mm -hmm. got into camp today and just kind of said, for the most part, I walked into a great situation. They got a great thing going here. (laughs) You got to the podium and said, this is awesome. He pretty much said that. He also said, like, I'm not like, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here, but we're going to do things, you know, we are going to make, you know, he's going to put his own little spin on it, which from what we know about Chuck Piano and Ravens defenses is, the difference between that and Fangio's defense is he's going to send the house a little bit more. He's going to yeah, send a little bit more You're going to see pressure. some blitz packages. When you got guys like this, when you got the weapons that these guys have, I think mm-hmm. you're going to see them getting to the quarterback quite a bit, giving offensive lines some fits. You can do that. You can do that when your back end is fantastic, and hopefully, yes. again, another guy that takes another step forward in Eddie Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you got you you have to all you have an All Pro safety, you have a Pro Bowl corner, you have a, a guy mm-hmm. in Ha Ha Clinton Dix who's you know been a star. He, you don't know as much about him as Adrian Ellis, but he's he's somewhat of a playmaking safety who's been a free starting free safety on you know division championship teams, and you got a veteran in, in Prince of Mukamara who's not good enough to be a top corner on the team, but if he's your number two option, that's it's, really good. It's an it's an SEC All Star team with a guy from Buffalo who's better than all of them. Yeah, which is wild. 
Apparently, when he was in <laughs> Buffalo, I don't remember where I heard this story. When Matt, Khalil Mack was at Buffalo, coaches at some points during practice actually had to tell him, like, hey, they don't really try on this play because the offense needs to get this working. Like, you're We're running out of players. You're killing everything. <laughs> you're, 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 like, they can't get working because you're too good. Uh, it is a fantastic thing when camp does break and uh, these guys do get a chance to see a, a different color jersey across from them play a little bit of foot, foot, excuse me, play a little bit of football. Um, so we are very excited about that. But uh, Matt, let's switch gears here and talk uh, MLB trade deadline came and went. Uh, there were some moves. I guess we've been desensitized due to the uh, due to the absolute clown show that uh, the NBA free agency has become, but uh, still some movement uh, around here. Some, some contenders uh, adding some pieces. Yeah. Um, it, and they all really like, it, it, it seemed like we had, like you're kind of saying there it w- was going to be a very boring major league baseball trade deadline. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it was, at, I mean, they started announcing them after three o'clock, but I, I, they must've been calling the MLB offices at like those are, are those passing bombs. It was, it Jeff was, it Passan, was Jeff right? Passan, John Heyman, pick your poison there. Uh-huh. Uh, but it was just deal after deal. The Cubs got Nick Castellanos right at the deadline. The Astros pulled off the blockbuster at the deadline, getting Zach Greinke. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Braves added three bullpen arms late. The, the Nationals are pretty active. So it really, in that last hour or two, it, from, it went from what seems to be one of the more dull deadlines to to creating some some pretty big headlines. And then I think shifting the power, or at least maybe not shifting it, but more confirming the power in mm-hmm. Major League Baseball, and that the AL is probably going to have to run through the Houston Astros at some point. Yeah, that is, uh, you know, we were going to come at this from an angle of winners and losers. So I think we can both agree on the biggest winner being the Houston Astros with that pitching staff that they now run out there every fifth day. And in the playoffs, fourth day, they're going to have uh, a real they're going to be a really tough out for anybody in the playoffs. I, I believe it's face those three guys. Verlander, Garrett Cole, Zach Grinke. Um, hold on, let me. Wade Miley is there for so um, I don't know Wade Miley's numbers off the back of my he had a good hand, year last but, year um, in Milwaukee but I'm not sure at that point it matters who your number four is he just kind of has yeah. to go out and give you five innings <laughs> absolutely uh, I think that uh, I saw a very interesting graphic the other day as well uh, the last something last seven World Series champions have made a uh, move at the deadline I forget how they quantified the move but like a substantial move at the deadline um so really, really making those sorts of decisions, I guess, are are the teams that are, you know, those those couple inches better in the playoffs. It's, it's got to be nice to be a fan of one of those teams, too. Not, I mean, not that the Sox who have, in the past have ever been shy about, you know, going out and trying to make moves. But, like, you're a fan of the Houston Astros. You probably don't have to make a single move at the deadline. But yet your general yeah. manager goes out and gets the biggest name available there and, and takes what's already the best team in baseball and says, we're going to be that much better. It, it's got and, – and going over – I believe going over the luxury tags to do it. It's just, it's gotta be nice to have an owner and a general manager that think that way and feel yeah. that way. But it, I mean, good for them. Good for Houston. And they, they put themselves in an absolutely hell of a spot. Uh, I, I got to come back close to the Bay here. Another winner for me was the giants or at least giants fans. Um, yeah, I think so too. It looks like they're going to go the qualifying route with Madison Bumgarner uh, at season's end. They'll just get uh, compensatory picks uh, and let him become a free agent unless they try to do something long-term, which I don't know if fits with them. They're very confusing right now because it's a bunch of guys that are up earlier than they were supposed to be or guys that Farhan Zaidi were going to move out and get his own guys in and then move those guys up and really take a long time to do that. But this thing is kind of 
kicked itself in the pants in the month of July and they're going for it right now, yeah. I guess. And uh, Bumgarner's sticking around. Uh, not only that, they moved out uh, the contracts of, I believe, Melanson and uh, a couple other guys, um, relievers yeah, and guys that they got a little bit. contract is a, a hell of a win for them because that, yeah. since the day he signed, it turned out to be one of the worst in baseball, unfortunately. He's just had problems. He just hasn't been there. That's been his biggest problem. He hasn't been he, available. He has not had – he, he, I don't think that elbow has really been healthy since you know midway through no. year one of that Giants contract. I think he was we saw a lot of Mark Melanson in Sacramento last no. year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, no, I think that San Francisco is going to in a good spot now, and it's different when you're surging and you have nothing to lose, and you're winning seventeen of twenty games. It's a completely different thing when you have to go out there on a day to day basis and win games to try and get in that wild card spot. Actually, like having the expectation to go and do it now. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens there. You know, they, they got rid of some arms, some bullpen arms, like you said, some bad contracts, but it, it seems like they also have some guys they can bring up where they didn't necessarily fully punt on the year. I mean, they did mm-hmm. hold on to Madison Bumgarner, and they pretty much had said, we're not going to completely give up on this team, but we're also realistic about it. We're not going to sacrifice yeah. our future for it. And we're going to hope something turns out of it, and if it doesn't, then it doesn't. But I, I think they – did a very nice job of kind of towing the line like you were going there. And, and I think Madison yeah. Bumgarner wanted to stay. And I think, I, I think they're doing right by Bruce Bochy. In, in there's, and I was going to say, there's team one more shot instead of packing it in for his final stretch, his final stretch. And you got players like Evan Longoria going out there and, and playing ball for you. I know he was injured there for a little bit, but guys who still really want to do something, who's only missing piece in their career is a championship. So uh, your storylines are built in there. I just don't know if they have the firepower to do it with or without Madison Bumgarner. Yeah. Um, That's always going to be tough too, because I mean, that NL wild card is so tight and they're what three games out of it now. And and they're looking up at, I think what four teams. So even though you're only three games out of it, that's a lot of teams have to jump and a lot of teams, you know, like the Cubs and the Brewers who actually went out and added significantly. Yeah. Uh, Matt, we got to give a loser out here. Who, who lost for you? Uh, I'm going to go with St. Louis Cardinals. Um, okay. I, I think the Cubs and the Brewers both got, well, maybe not took huge steps forward. I think the Cubs and the Brewers both went out and, and got better. They addressed some needs and, and more Band-Aids than permanent solutions, but some needs they needed to address. Where The, the Cardinals are you know, tied in a division race, and they just kind of stood completely pat. They didn't really do mm-hmm. anything to go out and help them. Um, part of me thinks the Yankees too. Uh, they have Clint Frazier, who they're just kind of holding on to. I, I believe he's still down in AAA. That's a pretty big trade chip. They could have gone out and packaged something around him for a starter, uh, maybe even Zach Grinky if, if the price is high enough. And they again just kind of stood pat, didn't really do anything. And while they're still going to run away with that AL East, most likely, I, I don't think they have the pitching staff to win a World Series, even though when that lineup gets healthy, uh, that lineup. My. My loser comes out of the AL East. Uh, I think the Boston Red Sox yep. did something similar, like you're talking about with the Cardinals, where they needed things to try and kick this thing into gear, what feels like kind of an idling giant all season that they're going to miss the playoffs this year because uh, you know they don't have any firepower. I guess their bullpen's been really bad. They wanted bullpen help at the break, and or excuse me, at the deadline, and, and, and nothing happened there for them. Yeah, I, I really thought that they were going to go out and, and... – Maybe not Edwin Diaz because I'm not sure the Mets were totally sold on selling, but just mm-hmm. find some. I mean, call the call the White Sox about Alex Colomay and Aaron Bummer. I, I maybe I know the White Sox didn't necessarily want to move them unless they got you know major pieces back, but 
it's worth some phone calls. It's worth trying to get somebody. And that bullpen is just so unreliable and so bad on the back end. They have like two arms they can rely on. Um, for an offense and a lineup that's absolutely good enough and a pitching staff that, well, they might be underperforming right now, still has, you know, Chris Sale, David Price in it. They just kind of did nothing to back them up. But again, if you're the defending World yeah. Series champion, maybe you bought yourself a little bit of insurance. Don't have to do that. Yeah, you love to see a team, you know, go after it year after year the way we have seen Boston do it in the past, try and rattle off. The, the Dodgers, well, they didn't really need to make any moves. That the, yeah. the one question mark on that team is the bullpen kind of before Kenley Jansen, and they didn't really address it. And I, I still think they'll be fine. I still think that starting pitching is, is as good as there is in the National League. The lineup obviously is two, and they still have an elite closer. But uh, adding another bullpen arm or two to that with as good of a minor league system as they have, I thought might have been – somewhat of a, a layup type of situation, but I guess they felt the need to stand pat or not the need to go out and have. This deadline did also give us a historic Yasiel Puig moment, a historic MLB moment of him oh, great. Uh, taking part in a fight, wearing a jersey of a team that he no longer was on. Did so he that know was, he was traded by then too? I don't know if he knew or not. I've been, I, I meant to look that up. I meant to go in and see like, had anyone told him? And I'm sure, because it was like, I think 17, 12, 17 minutes, something like that after he had gotten traded. So, there's a possibility someone came up the tunnel and said, hey, you're out. Or you're done. So if he'd been sat down, which I'm sure he had, you're then done, but he'd have Garrett's throwing punches. I'm out of here. What if you just, yeah. bolted, out of, what if you just bolted out of the GM's office? I got it. I'm going out here. Pull the hawk or, from the announce booth. Take over for me. I'm going, I'm going down. There's a players union needs like a good attorney to come in and say, hey, my, uh, you know, our client here was actually not on a team. Therefore, he didn't have to abide by the rules of the MLB. He was just Ooh. a a bystander and that this. would, yeah. that would be, you a know, of a, that would be, you a know, there's a little, point. little moose and runes legalese, which, uh, I know we do have some, uh, some accredited attorneys, uh, that listen to the yeah, podcast. I think they're a little bit too don't, expensive. Don't know too if it's more, a good idea. Yeah. For us, but I can actually bet on the fact that it's not a good us. idea. It's probably not a good <laughs> yeah. idea. And we don't want your advice because then we know that's billable. So keep yeah, it to so yourself. We did not officially <laughs> ask for your advice. You just got lawyers. Uh, Matt, uh, why don't we jump into some segments here, do a little buy or sell. I know this is going to be another abridged episode, but uh, we have a little something special coming next week. Uh, we have a course review, correct? Golf course review, people. I know we promised two episodes this week, but again, the uh, the, the schedule's got a little bit tricky. So we're actually going to record two of them this week. We will, we will release this one to you today, and then next week we will have um, two released to you uh, probably one on our normal early week schedule, and then we'll, we'll have one coming at you a little bit later. Um, but we, we will have a, a golf course review. I will be talking about uh, Chambers Bay, which I, I just played last mm-hmm. week when I was out in Seattle. I can also – oh, I, I, you remember when you said, I think it was last year, two years ago, any time I go to Aaron Hills, I have to extend an invite to you? Mm-hmm. I'm playing there on Sunday if you'd like to come play. You're invited. We Ooh. need a four. We're looking for a four here. You're we'll a couple days three. early. A couple days early. I uh, I don't land till Friday next oh, week. So. Too bad. Well, you know, you, yeah. you can't come then. Uh, I can also Thank talk you. about. I can talk about Aaron Hills though too, if you'd like me to. I can talk about. Both. I'd love for you to. I'd and love you, for you. You you have one. You have a not too shabby review yourself, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, uh, from the pictures that I saw. Got out there, played Half Moon Bay, one of the one of the best closing stretches of any golf course that I've ever played. Back down to the ocean and then up along it. Uh, we had the. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything, but we had a we can't cool golf it, experience. But it was a great course. Cool golf experience. Great course. Uh, I do have a sleeper too for you. One that if you're ever in the Northern California Napa Valley area, that you got to play. So uh, that's coming up. 
that's coming up on uh, the Moose Noons Golf Special as well as the uh, episode. What would that be? One fourteen. What do we do with specials? Fourteen. What do we do with specials? Do we make that fourteen and this fifteen, or is it a half? Because we're a couple halves back there. I think. You know, we like we way back. You know, there. we used to try and play around with like our specials, like a half. Of, we're just everything we release now is just that counts as an episode. There's no fooling okay. around with one twelve. So fourteen and, and fifteen. Fourteen and fifteen coming. Fourteen and fifteen, and then people are getting like right that. into football season. We're getting right into our wheelhouse. And then we're right back into our normal schedules, and you guys have your moose and runes, but you know, coming at you after Bears games, and it's lovely. Matt, let's jump into some buy or sell, my friend. Let's do. You want to start? Or you want me to? Uh, why don't you lead us off? All right, uh, Melvin Gordon, Chargers running back today. Uh, he was having some contract disputes, wanted a new deal today. His agent officially requested a trade. Make it real simple for you: buy or sell. Melvin Gordon begins the regular season a member of the Los Angeles Chargers, not San Diego. People forget that. Yeah, that's big. Um, I'm gonna. How did you phrase that again? That he does he, he, play. He, that he is know, opening week, week day. One, on the week one, he buy or sell. Week one, he's like week one. Week one. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna buy that because Melvin Gordon's numbers jump off the page at you, but for some reason, he still. I think he still has the cachet of a second tier running back. I don't know if that's even fair, um, but he's not the Zeke Saquon. Uh, we're told to expect less from Todd Gurley this year, but Todd Gurley last year, like that echelon of running back, mm-hmm. I guess you put him in there. You could put him in there. I just doesn't, I just don't know if he has the negotiation power of some of these other holdout running backs, a Le'Veon Bell, who, I mean, you see what a holdout does there. He gets less money than he was initially offered mm-hmm. by his original team uh, to go somewhere terrible. So I just don't know if the holdout works because these teams, I think know that they can go get value running backs at, Anywhere you see what a guy like Matt Breida did last year, no one knew his name prior to that. There, there's a million CJ examples Anderson of in Los it. Angeles in the playoffs. I mean, CJ. There you go. Nothing. The, if there's a if there's a permit if there's a position that you could go committee any easier, I, I don't know. At least a skill position. I don't know if there's a, an easier one to go by committee. Yeah, I I think I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm not sure he plays week one with the Chargers, but I don't think they're moving him, and I think they will hold on to him because also I don't think that trade is going to be that totally like awkward worth getting rid of, and eventually he'll come back, and then he'll be fine, and then when he's a free agent, they'll probably let him walk, and then he will sign a deal that's probably underwhelming to him because that's what happens with star running backs these days. And that's, and that's life in the NFL, Matt. But I am it's buying the fact that he's coming. there, that he's there week one. Matt, uh... As we alluded to earlier with the Asiel Puig uh, moment, buy or sell the eight-game suspension that was handed down to Amir Garrett for uh, seemingly take on the entire Pittsburgh Pirates team alone. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to buy it. I, I, don't get me wrong. I love the. I, I love that you know someone who wanted to start a fight actually went and tried to start a fight instead of just you yeah. know, holding me back, pushing and shoving. But he went in swinging. <laughs> He did. You got to give that to him. He, he, you got to give it to him, but he went in swinging. He went in throwing real punches, and he, he probably deserves that, whether he was that guy or not. Uh, I think eight is a very – because he's a reliever. I think we he's not a starter, correct, if I'm not mistaken. So that, that's correct. Like eight real games. It's not one of those yeah. you know BS starter gets five games, but that's really only a one-game suspension. So I'll, yeah. I'll buy that. I think I think that's right up his alley. Now, I I, again, think it's very refreshing to see somebody actually do something about getting mad and actually go try and take <laughs> it out on somebody instead of the hold me back thing. But, yeah, I, I'm going to buy that he absolutely deserved the, the eight games, if not maybe maybe a game or two more. 
This is a this is a pro violence in baseball uh, podcast. We're pro <laughs> excitement tell. in baseball, and that was exciting. Yeah, just baseball. just bring some fireworks, and sometimes if a guy's got to go in, just John Snow style into a phalanx of uh, his opponents, I, I respect that. So I, I think the eight's even a little light, and it's the MLB's way of saying not the worst thing in the world. Uh, I thought that punches thrown would get you ten, but uh, it was a it was a wild moment, if nothing else. The Pirates really seem to be a, a team that sparks a lot, <laughs> sparks a lot of uh, anger and angst from other. I think teams. they do a lot of talking. Yeah, they do a lot of talking. A lot of hurdle doesn't necessarily rub people the right way, and they, they do a lot of pitching inside, which I know bothers Joe Madden. Um, which yeah. I don't know why that would bother you. It's a strategy. Batters don't like to be thrown inside, so they do that. But they do a lot of things that seem to bother other managers and other dugouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is a Pittsburgh Pirates podcast as well. Of course, if you didn't know. Uh, we've Matt, always been that. Why don't you hit me with some Pirates content? I have Pirates. I don't have any more Pirates content. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I do have some baseball content. I got a baseball question for you here. Um, mm-hmm. After the, the Trevor Bauer antics, obviously he got traded as part of that pre-deal to the Reds, but his last start, you know, the, the turn and, and launch the ball over the center field wall when he got taken out. Last night he showed up to the Indians game as a fan after being traded. He seems like an overall weird guy, very outspoken on Twitter, has this whole, like, I won't sign more than longer than one-year deals with teams because I made a bet with a friend. Seems like a weird guy. Buy or sell as a manager <laughs> or general manager, you would want a Trevor Bauer on your team, on your roster. Sell, uh, because, you know, I know pitchers can be quirky and weird guys, but you have to be able to channel that into throwing strikes, into getting outs. And if you're not doing either of those things, like if you're not a clubhouse guy and you're not executing, and I know he, I I know, I don't know his numbers again, but I think he's having a pretty solid season and he's a great arm that anyone would want in their lineup. But you also have to, I mean, you're dealing with human beings here. And if you got a guy throwing the ball out of the, stadium after he gets yanked like Terry Francona don't tell me that that's a coincidence that that happens and two days later he gets traded like Terry Francona wants a guy like that out of his clubhouse and Terry Francona knows a million times about baseball than either one of us do Mm -hmm. if it was if it was Francona's call I'm with it I buy it Uh, I'm 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 with it too I mean the talent's clearly there and I think this year was not nearly as good as it was last year I just called up a stat so he you know he's got an ERA at you know 3-7 uh, mm-hmm. the strikeout totals are always going to be high with him. But, yeah, he just he seems like a weird guy. And maybe in the right clubhouse, but I, <laughs> it, then again, like you kind of said. That was you as a GM. Should we, you, should we keep him or should we get rid of him? He seems like, a, seems weird like a weird guy. <laughs> if, you can't, if you can't fit in, if Terry Francona can't fit you into his clubhouse, who seems like yeah. the kind of guy who can fit just about any mishmash of, of talent into his clubhouse, I think that means you have a little bit of a problem. And uh, The Cincinnati Reds don't have – issues taking on guys like that clearly with Puig and then you have the guys starting brawls but um, I think Cleveland made it made the right move and they got some young pitching coming up and that that's probably a good uh, good idea but I'm with you I think I, I sell having Trevor Bauer on the uh, on the major league roster he's really just had kind of one really good year other than that he's been a pretty average pitcher throughout his career Matt, uh, I got one for you here. It, it's coming by way of late night shows. You didn't think oh, you had this coming uh, on Jimmy Kimmel. On Jimmy Kimmel, uh, Anthony Davis was on a couple nights ago and sat down and said that uh, he was asked about the whole number switch with LeBron thing and how it just kind of went away. Uh, Nike apparently, or reportedly, uh, told them that that it couldn't happen because there was just too much money at stake, and I think that's alluding to 
LeBron's 23 and probably things that they're going to try and do in the future and things that are planned 10 years out and all of this and that. Um, but they told them that they could not do it. Uh, buy or sell Nike's move here on uh, stifling the intentions of a couple of their athletes. I completely sell. I mean, don't tell me you can't. I know it's a lot of jerseys, but Nike spends more, wastes more money on, you know, championship t-shirts for teams that lose their respective finals every year than they probably do those jerseys. You take all those jerseys, you, you donate them to charity, you donate them to, you know, wherever, I, I forget wherever they say, if they donate them to the Red Cross or whoever they give, you know, those, those teams. Sell them on the website for half price. Still exactly. Used to like, be his people number. will He's still buy LeBron 23 jerseys. Like, it's, 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 I think it's stupid. I think it's a cheap move. And honestly, a little bit of a cheap move yeah. on LeBron's part, who essentially asked, <laughs> you know, Anthony Davis to waive, a, you know, basically turn down $4 million so he can afford whoever, you know, whatever other players. LeBron also probably could have just, you know, flipped the bill or had that taken off his yearly, you know, lifetime contract with Nike where he gets paid like $50 million or whatever the hell it is a year. Um, I think all around it's a little bit of a, uh, a cheap move, but maybe that says how much money it might have actually cost. I heard it was in the tens of millions which if that's the case for Nike is a drop in the bucket. That's what they were uh, figuring in this number change to be. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, if that's Nike, that's dropping the bucket. Honestly, if that's LeBron, like that's even kind of yeah. like a, a drop in the bucket uh, for how much that guy makes in basketball and outside of basketball. So I, I'm going to sell that all around. I think uh, not, not a great move on anyone's part. Yeah. I, I just think that LeBron, LeBron's hallmark in this league has been change and transition, going place to place, winning different places with different groups of players. Whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing or an addition or a detriment to his legacy as a player is a different conversation. But this that's would have been too. another. This would have been another change and another moment where LeBron, I guess, drew a line in the sand of his career. There are there's early Cleveland, there's Miami, there's second Cleveland championships, there's now LA. And this would have been another, like he could have drawn a line in the sand between bad LA and good LA. I think that's so, exactly what he was trying to do. Yeah. But, uh, uh, not, not to be had, not to be had. All right, I got, I got one last one for you. And this one's uh this one's a little bit more topical here. Um, Lollapalooza is kicking off this is Thursday. So it's kicking off tonight through the weekend. I'm nice. not a Lala guy. I'm not a festival okay. guy, but you and I have, have always had, uh, as, as well as we get along, some different personalities. So I, I figured I would bring this one up to you. Uh, buy or sell, you know, Lollapalooza slash, you know, music festivals in general. You're a festival guy. You, you, you're dusting off your, you know, your 91 Bulls Dennis Rodman jersey and the shorts. They're a little see, short. Maybe see, that's where, back. no. The white no, claws. No. Is that what you're doing? No. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, yes. I'm going to have a couple of a couple white claws. But. I'm, no I'm not. Bu- I'm not buying into your perception of the music festival. Now, I, I assume that I haven't been to Lollapalooza in five years, four or five years. But if it's the high school crowd and all of that that you're referring to, maybe it's the festival that that that's the wrong festival. There's festivals everywhere. That's I'm fair. completely buying the music festival. It's a fun if you get the right weather, the right setting, the right music. You're you're outside drinking with friends. Like that's that's, that's just a, that, a good you know, time. That's a fair point. I probably should have knocked all festivals because I'm sure there are some. You're painting like, with a broad festival brush here. Lollapalooza is not my type of scene. Is not my type of festival. Okay. But on it, like if I were around it and could have gone to, you the, were just uh, hoping that we could. Besmirch Lollapalooza. Yes, that was kind of on the pod. Okay. I, I don't. I was actually talking with a good friend of the, the the pod last night, Parker Carroll. We were at the White Sox, uh-huh. enjoying a nice loss uh, to yeah. the New York Mets. We were talking about Lala, and you both of us kind of said, like, every year I see a couple of bands, like, man, I would love to see that person perform. 
but I'm not totally. going to allow a Palooza to do it. I yeah, just, but I, you, I, could, I you could avoid like you could just walk to that stage at that time and have a good. I, I know you're flipping a flipping a penny for it probably, but you would at the UC too. So I don't know. That's right. I just, you really wanted to see someone. It's also one of these things where I've just made up my mind about it, and there's just not really anything that's going to change it. So I don't. I've never you're been. You're I never a will go. Sixty-five-year-old man. I don't like. I think the way I think. I'm not always a sixty-five-year-old man, but some opinions in my life, yes. I I don't think that's the worst okay. thing in the world. I know I wouldn't have that much fun at Lala. I don't need to go. I don't need to spend two hundred whatever. Who's Who's an act that would get you to buy a single day ticket to go that day oh, to see them? Man, I don't know. Honestly, yeah, I think the the one concert I'm trying to think of, like my bucket list concerts. Most it's of them Tupac are hologram. Oh well, yeah, we gotta go see Tupac. <laughs> no, honestly, Tupac being two, not even Tupac hologram. Tupac being alive. Like, like hey, I've like been when alive he makes these, his comeback, twenty years, yeah. I'm going to Lala. Then, then maybe, nice. maybe Tupac, Tupac and Biggie. We're both alive, debut, like re-debut, maybe that. Okay, so you pick dead people. You pick Yes. Okay. I've, but you know, here's the thing. I've painted myself a new corner. If Tupac ever does come back, because some people do speculate. <laughs> now you got to go. I now actually you gotta go. do have to go then. I'm going to be like 40 years old, and Tupac's going to come back to open up. I'll be, oh, be man, exciting. I got I, I to go to Lala now and see Tupac, because I made a promise on a podcast 13 years ago. Go witness history, Matt. Go witness history. That's fair. Uh, my is that you? Was that you? That was you. That was me. Uh, we're, right. we're in a hodgepodge here, people. If you can't tell, we're a little bit all over the place. That's okay. I got one more for you, and I know it's probably at this point, point, this point, a uh, a played narrative in the sports landscape. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, Matt. Buy or sell LeBron's uh, dad antics at the AAU game. Uh, I know everyone's probably seen by now. At yeah. least if you listen to this podcast. It's weird because I don't completely sell it, or I, and I also don't completely buy it. I mm-hmm. get the whole I, 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 the arguments you see are you know he's making it about himself, and then the other arguments you see are you know him interacting with kids in this way is actually personally like for the kid pretty you know really cool to have a guy like LeBron like you know mm-hmm. jumping you know giving him high fives and all that stuff you know celebrating with him and obviously say what you want about the guy. He seems like an absolutely terrific father to, to all of his kids, especially, you know, supporting the one playing AAU basketball. But at the same time, it does seem that he, the argument of him putting himself in the spotlight is also there because it doesn't always seem, you know, a hundred percent genuine. So I, it's really tough. Like I, I see both sides of the argument. I guess I'm okay with it. So that would, I, I guess I'm more okay with it than I do sell it. But like, I also don't love, how much this does scream as well. Like, Hey, look at me. Does, does that make sense? Am I, am I making sense here? It totally makes sense, but I, I come at it. I agree with you, but I'm coming I think at it from this, a different there, I think there's a gray area and that's okay. My, I have, Explain. I have one single problem with it. Do whatever you want. Get in a layup line, give these kids cool moments, throw them alley-oops, have them throw you alley-oops, have some fun with them before the game. Be a great father figure, as you said, to your kids. Be the, and I know there's a bigger picture here of um, an African-American man being there for his son and and he, him being the most viewable, the most visible individual in that role is an important mm-hmm. thing. I love that. My problem is one thing. 
while the game is going on, you are simply another parent. Mm-hmm. You, you should not be on the court jumping around, losing your shoe. I don't care if your kid dunked or not. You're another parent at that basketball game. I remember parents making spectacles at youth games, and it was never fun. It always was awkward. It didn't feel right. It didn't feel good. I get it. He's LeBron, and everyone wants to see LeBron react and all of that. But, like, during the game, let your son play the game. Like we've seen all these fantastic moments where uh, his youngest son had like after the game, he was down on himself and like had tears in his eyes and he sat next to him and was mic'd up and like gave him these great life lessons and was a great parent. And all those things are fine. But during the game, there needs to be a certain level of like a certain level of comportment where like stay off the court. I guess is my thing. Stay off the court during the game. That's a good point. If you're not the coach, it's even like, it would have been one like one of the times he did it. I think was you know at a whistle or something like that. But like the time he lost his shoe, like the other team was coming back down to play, like that. Yeah. You, like if you're that well, situation, about it, situation like, hey, aside, like, stay off. High the court. five some parents. I agree. Like high five some parents. If you're really that excited, and you really can't contain yourself at the next whistle. Like sure, go like high five. Whatever. I'm not. I wouldn't be yeah. doing that myself. But go. Don't. Don't actually. And you know, game. I, I don't so know. I, I, I don't know I, either. My my memory is of like Shabona Park and St. Giles youth leagues, whereas like the AAU circuit could be a completely different wild wild west thing at this point, where mm-hmm. people are on the court. And I, I don't know, so I could be wrong there. It's like I said, there's a little bit of a gray but I'm with you. As long do as I think he's trying to make it about himself? I don't. I, yeah, I honestly don't. That's fair. I think it's that a, he's excited and don't he channeled it incorrectly. Don't, I think, I think you, you've probably phrased that the best way, and I was kind of looking for the right words to say, and as usual, you're, you're the vocab guy, so you got it out better than I could. Speaking of which, and another shout-out to Parker Carroll, I did get a text from our, our fantastic, one of our best listeners, um, Parker Carroll, that he heard one of my Moose's podcast word of the days. Mm. In public, like in the wild, and, the, and therefore knew what it meant. Uh, unrequited, uh, when I, I, I already forgot what that one. I meant. think it was what a, that mean again? unrequited was like when it like love when it's not returned, like when one person loves. That's unrequited love. Um, and he said that one of the people at work used it, and I go, "Oh, that's hilarious! I'm glad." He's like, "Yeah, I hate this chick." I was like, "Oh, perfect!" So I talk like people you hate. <laughs> Uh, shout out Parker, by the way, because uh, when we've, we've been in our, our little like schedule lulls here, I, I, it's, it's, he gives us a hard time. He keeps us, he keeps us right. I'm going to go the other way. It's, it's a very respectful text, but I I almost always get a text, but I feel the pressure. When's pod this week? Like I, I I don't want to let Parker down. (laughs) I I respect that. I respect his, his dedication to listening to us on the train back to Oak Forest, you know, once a week. And I I love that. With with that said, Parker, send us your mailbag questions. Yeah, Parker. Now let's, let's, we, we only get like one or two of two from you. So let's, uh, Matt, do you have uh, any further? I don't think you're, you're, you were laying out a challenge there in front of him. Sorry. Um, you don't have any further buy or sells for the people here? Um, not off the top of my head. No. Oh, Oh, bonus buy or sell. This one's fun. By yourself showing up to your tea time 45 minutes before Sunday round and still winning the champ the, the, the golf tournament year. Oh, I, I was completely thinking of like like us. I thought you were saying like in our situation, no. by ourselves getting there. I was like, 45 minutes is perfect for me. Sign in, hit a couple balls, hit a few putts, let's go. I don't I don't need any big crazy show here. Um I completely buy that at the professional level and at the amateur level. That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. It was another support to my fear factor. I really think he's implementing a fear factor 
And this is another way of him saying like, yeah, I don't really even have to do what you guys do to beat you. So, uh, uh, yes, I completely buy Brooks showing up 45 minutes before the final round of a championship. Is there a guy who in not even a calendar year, a calendar, you know, a, a golf season, a golf year, who has changed the narrative more on himself than Brooks Kepka? Because going into this year, nobody like I don't want to say nobody liked him, but like he was this quiet guy who never said a word and people thought he was a robot who only all he cared about was golf and was just kind of this good point. guy. And now the narrative, like, my, my brother, Tim's a perfect example. I remember, I think we were, it was either the, the master, we were at the masters, I think watching, you know, Brooks was, was walking down. We saw saying something along the lines of like, I don't really like him. He's just so boring. Like he doesn't say anything. He has no personality. Yeah. And now it's, I mean, he has the biggest personality on tour. It seems like he is the most, one of the more outspoken guys on tour. I mean, in the media, he was firing on, uh, not Shane Lowry, uh, JB Holmes for how slow he was playing and then said, Oh, yep. he's not the only one that does it. Like there's not a guy who's changed his reputation, taking a 180 more than Brooks Kepka. So, so good for, and him. I'm good here for it. I love it. I'm here for him too, because he, not only is he outspoken, but he backs it up. He's won what yeah. four of the last nine majors. He's got some ridiculous, I think it's like the last in his run of four of nine majors, he's like 67 under par, and the next closest person is like 30 under par. It's four ridiculous. of nine majors, and I believe he's only won seven tournaments. Yeah, I believe like, he has seven career wins. Because you know what? He went actually went and said to the media, like, hey, if it's not a major, I pretty much don't care. And the only reason... Totally, he but I, he was, totally, he was but I think he's going to win a lot of golf tournaments in his career, majors, majors and otherwise. And well, this one I was, you know, because... I, when I saw he won this term, I was actually kind of stuck. I was like, well, that's weird. He doesn't usually play well in majors. He kind of openly said, like, he doesn't really care that much about majors. Or, you know, non-majors. But then I, I saw it was the St. Jude tournament, and I saw his quotes after he won about, you know, how he's had chances to go to, you know, St. Jude Hospital and, and you know, meet a lot mm-hmm. of people there. So, like, this is a tournament yeah. that, you know, was actually like- near and dear to him, one that he wanted to win, and, you know, he went out and won it. You just got to give Brooks a reason, I guess. That's I all. I wish I was that good at something. And like, <laughs> I even heard his swing. His, he was like, I got one swing. Like, one swing thought. It's just, just go. It's just hit the ball. Or just go. Just hit the ball. Just go. Like, wouldn't that be nice? I have like seven swing thoughts and I suck. See, I'm more of a just go guy. And, I uh, need to be more some, of a just go guy. Sometimes, I, sometimes started, that works. Sometimes it doesn't. I've started giving myself a shot clock now when I step up to the ball. When I when you know, when the when the club is placed down in front of the ball, I have two and a half seconds before I can start that back. I think you're doing a little too much. I think you're doing a little too much thinking at that exactly. point. That, well, no, that's why I'm, that's why this lets me think less. If I'm standing over the ball for seven seconds, then too many things are running through my head. If I just get up there, put the club down, and go, that's more of a just go. Uh, I Thanks. think I think that's as much uh, Matt Rooney swing thought uh, content as the Moose and Runes listeners can do for the for one week. So uh, Matt, why don't you say goodbye to the people? Bye, people. We'll see you next week when we're a golf pod. We'll talk golf next week. Quite a bit of it. That's going to do it for episode 113 of the pod. As Matt said, join us next week for 114 and 115. A little golf recap as well as our normally scheduled podcast. Thank you always, uh, as always, for listening. Uh, We hope you have a fantastic week and we will talk to you soon. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile. For every care, a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. (laughs) Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.